Tupo driving hard at the line. Tupo has he done it? No, it's play on. They go wide. They go wide. They get the try. It's O'Connor for Queensland. Welcome to another episode of Rugby Fixation. We're back. We're uh, we're here to talk rugby. It's been a little while, so apologies if you've been refreshing your news feed or having a little scroll down Spotify, not seeing any updates. But we do have uh, one more, one more coming through, and this is a dynamic duo. We've got the Evans brothers on to talk about how the Wallabies squad is shaping up. Uh, we'll talk through some of the positions that are looking strong, some that are looking uh, a little bit worse for wear, and just sort of run the rule through the teams and each position, but. Uh, aiming for this to come out uh, at the same time the Reds and Waratahs have a buy. So because that's our two teams, what better time to talk about the rugby? Cody, how have you found Super Rugby Pacific so far? Oh, I've loved it. I think um, I think it's been a great comp so far. I, I actually like the starting Oz teams against each other and starting Kiwi teams against each other and, and two great additions in, in Moana Pacifica and, and Fiji and Drua. So been very exciting watching those and as a Tars fan it's been a hell of a lot easier season for, for being a supporter uh, than it was last year so very happy with, with how we've gone so far. That was going to be one of the things I brought up like just even looking at it how many rounds in we are and seeing that the Waratahs are still really in quite a nice position. I know they've played an extra game than some of the Kiwi teams but that's um it's got to be nice and quite a nice change. Are you putting that down to uh, Darren Coleman and his inclusion or just, you know, a bit more experience with the players. Obviously, we just saw Michael Hooper's return. So there's a lot to like in the team. But what are you putting it down to? I think there's a lot of things. I think uh, partly, I think, um, on, I'll start on the negative note. I think the other teams probably are a little bit worse um, and we've gotten better. Um, so I think that, that does help. I think we've got a lot of players back. Um, Holloway has been massive. We, got, we missed uh, a lot of Bell last season. Miss Parecki for parts of last season, and they've been uninjured and playing well so far. Um, and I think I think our tight fives work really well. Unfortunately, our scrum has probably been the biggest letdown so far, despite having such a good front row. Mm. Um, but some some really star performers. I think like, yeah, you look at your Charlie Gambles and your Will Harris's for two blokes that need to step up, and they've, they've massively stood up. Um, and again, you just sort of you got to look at what the Tars could be doing. It's sort of they almost look like they're on the a near perfect trajectory, considering where they were last year. Because you've got Hooper coming back, Warren Vosiaco coming back, Gordon's going to be coming back over the next week or two, um, and then Parisi's back this week. So it's and and Jamie Roberts has started to play a few more minutes and looking looking pretty good. Mark's back in the in the starting frame, and albeit he didn't have the greatest game last week, but the week before he looked pretty impressive. So I think there's a, a lot of things to like. Um, and then Hannigan back, I think he's probably still another four weeks off. But um, it, there's a there's a lot of exciting things. We're definitely not anywhere where we need to be yet. But I think it's sort of the right time to be building at the mm. moment. And with Hannigan, oh, I'm hoping that he can come back. I, I think recently they were saying that he might just miss the whole season just with how the Japanese season's going, which is a shame and was slightly different to his original. But if, if they can get him for any of the matches, it'd be great to see a uh, Holloway-Hannigan lock combination, just given they seem quite... Uh, you know, quite deep at the moment with their back row depth. Um, just to go through why we are doing this episode, the main thing, I put a little challenge out on Twitter to see who could guess uh, what my preferred 33-man Wallaby squad was. So I thought 
it'd be nice to be able to talk the positions through with someone else and try and get a bit of a feel for how uh, all the positions are stacking up across the teams without necessarily giving away uh, too much from my hand. So people can still have a bit of a guess. Um, I've had some really close guesses on Twitter so far, some in the comments, some in the DMs. Um, a few people are dying to know which um, which positions they got wrong or how, how far off they were. Got a few people that are about three players off, um, which, which is pretty good. I, I think uh, I might be able to reveal enough in here that you could guess it, but we'll go through and just chat through the positions and and what better to start than than hooker. Um, Cody, one of your positions, uh, I, I want to say throughout the majority of you, would you say you're more of a hooker or a back roller? Oh, I think I think my weight at the moment would have me as a, as a tight head. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> I think, yeah, I think probably in my head of, in my head of 10 mm. on the field a hooker <laughs> um but a, I, a blended or all, all-round player i do think some of your best games uh were also but you didn't have the best throw in so maybe that's just uh you know part and parcel with australian rugby you know the whole way through but i do recall one game that i think you must have been penalized six or seven times um pretty impressively that might have been in the back row I think that was, but I think you get free reign as soon as you wear the seven yeah. jersey. <laughs> yeah, penalties don't I hate count. to see my fantasy. I'd hate to see my fantasy stats. So I don't think there would have been too many offloads of clean breaks to make up for it. <laughs> um, but if there's points for back chat, maybe maybe a few um, runs on the board. All right, we'll, we'll start hooker. We'll go Brumbies. Obviously, that's um, sort of the obvious place to start anyway. But they've got three Wallabies hookers plus the emergence of Billy Pollard. Um, just oodles of talent. How, how are you sort of rating their options and how they're going this year uh underwhelming compared to last year for all all three all barring barring billy pollard obviously he's been he hasn't he hasn't really done too much he's got promise he sort of knows how to play rugby he's been been well regarded for a long time but he hasn't done anything yet so he's not he's not high on the list just yet i think flowers still the best scrummager they seem to seem to go best when he's He's probably got, I'd assume, at least 10 kilos on, on Lonergan um, and probably a little bit heavier than Macaroni as well. Uh, Lonergan is probably the same as last year. Uh, he was probably pretty lucky to get into the Wallaby squad last year. Did well with his time. Was too small. Unfortunately, he's, he's still um, he, he's playing in tight and doing a lot of good work, but hasn't won't have the size to match. Like you can't run into a South African forward of that size the way he plays. So um, I think he's got a lot of developing to do. But I, I probably my pecking order for those at the moment is probably yeah, Falau, Lonergan, McInerney, Pollard still. But I'm I'm keen to see a lot more of Pollard. Yeah. But get him out of a Brumbies squad because there's no point for him there. We'll, we'll circle back probably at the end. But Fong is the most capped uh, Wallabies hooker out of all 10 that have been in the um, Dave Rennie squads over the last two years. And he's only got 25 test caps. So there's, there's not a hugely experienced option there. Um, but I guess at the moment you are just sort of looking for an option that, that knows the game plan and how to, you know, adjust to that level. So maybe he gets a bit of a look in just because of that. Um, going down to the force, they've been really, I think, impressive with our Fleti Kaito, who was captain. Um, the forces are team. Uh, haven't been you know consistent the whole way across, and the back line still hasn't quite fired yet. But I think the the tight five is really quite nice, and uh, there's a lot of promise there. Um, 
Flutikatu is quite good. Is he someone that's making your Wallaby squad at the moment? Yeah, he's in the squad, definitely. Um, I think I think the force's good work up front has probably been undone a little bit by the the lack of razzle in the in the backs, barring Matayeli, which we spoke about earlier. Um, I think they're just also a bit unsettled in their inside backs, which is never never easy. So mm. you're never going to have a great season. They've got a lot of new players. They've got they've got plenty of excuses, I think. So I think uh, on the right track, they're still still a decent team and they're going to have a great base if they keep their top five players and they've done well to uh, re-sign Rodder and, and Kaitu already. So yeah. I think they're looking pretty promising now. Um, he is an interesting choice for captain, I think. Um, and I think he's, I'm thinking that's going to bring some good leadership skills to him on the field. Cause if, if you looked at him last year for the Wallabies, he was obviously one of the least experienced players. He probably had, up there with the fewest super rugby caps for someone to, to play for the Wallabies last year. Um, so I think, yeah, he'll, he'll get better and better. He's played plenty of premier grade rugby. So he's got, he's played plenty of the game, but um, again, set piece is something that he needs to work on, uh, but around the park, good. And I think, yeah, his, his captaincy is going to be good for his development as well. I think it also helps when you don't really have competition for a starting spot. Um, the force is not really anyone that's going to be taking that jersey from him, um, which, which does always help for a captaincy position. We've seen sort of at the Reds, Liam Wright was captain, but is now sort of in a three-way battle for the sixth jersey, depending on who's available. So it, it does create some issues. Um, the Rebels, they're interesting because Jordan Ulessi, he's the second most uh, capped hooker that's in Australia at the moment, um, just in terms of test caps. It's really not a great position given... He didn't make Dave Rennie's most recent squad. Not that that is the be-all, end-all. Um, but he's, yeah, he's just someone that hasn't really performed this year. Um, they don't really have other options at Rebels, do they? Like, is Yolesi able to find his way back into a squad? I think he was great against Ndrua in that most recent game. He It's probably, uh, I think it's, you saw it among a few of the Rebels players, but you miss out on the the or I don't know what we're calling it, the pony squad, the, the training wallaby squad. Um, you miss out on that. And he had his best game of maybe the last 18 months. Yeah. Um, then I think, I think he made 15 or 17 tackles or something, which is pretty unheard of from him. He's, he was very high work rate, got the try um, and had a few decent hit-ups as well. So I, I was happy to see that. He is a player that I think is still there or thereabouts. Yeah. Um, James Hansen is is a good set piece hooker. Um, I thought he would have been pushing more for a starting spot with when earlier in the season when Wallace wasn't performing as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but it looks like he still is their second choice, and I think ultimately it's probably a good thing to pick and stick with Wallace, especially given his experience and, and how long he's been at that club. So he's um he's probably at a very similar level to to most of the other hookers at the moment, and he's always been a player that's been better. at Test rugby than Super Rugby, so uh, he's he's definitely not ruled out for me just yet. With the Reds, they didn't have any representation in the squad and hooker, mostly because Alex Murphy has been injured the whole season, so that that hasn't helped um, just with his chances because he was called into squads previously. But uh, Josh Nasser has sort of filled the void. He's sort of you know fighting with Tom Horden for worst lineout throwing, I'd say in the comp. Just he's been great around the park, but just hasn't been able to hit. I think targets. Horton wins. Yeah, <laughs> look, we'll get to the Waratahs. Horden is a pretty clear favourite. Um, 
in that category. But yeah, I, we can nearly skip through the Reds just given that injury. Horden's obviously not going to make it back into the Wallaby squad anytime soon. He got a really early look up, um, I think, at the start of 2020 season. And Rennie called him in um, to the surprise of a lot of people. But Dave Barucki is probably the one that is most hard done by to not have a test cap yet, mostly because of his injuries. Uh, has looked really solid this year. How much of it is his individual, you know, work rate and everything? And how much of it do you think is just maybe getting lumped in with Angus Bell and Harry Johnson-Holmes? I think correct, he's been phenomenal. Uh, and I think from memory, I could be wrong here, so I wouldn't fact check me, but I think he actually, when he signed for the Waratahs in the first in the first place, he got an RA top up because he was brought back to fill that Wallabies hooker void. And he did make the first squad last year as well. So I think there was a bigger picture plan for him to be uh, a Wallabies hooker. So I, I'm, I was upset for him last year when he didn't, uh, when he got injured and he couldn't tour in the spring tour. Um, and I think he's been, been the best hooker by a fair bit this year. Uh, and he's probably been the biggest smoky fantasy pick of the year. He's been phenomenal. I think he's probably the highest or second highest scoring hooker so far. And I think he went about ninth in the hookers. Do you have him in your team? Is that why you? Yeah. Yep. And having Angus Bell, that is a, yeah, that's a dangerous combo. Yeah. You um, put, put five tiles in your fantasy team. It goes well. <laughs> um, just wanted to check the overseas options as well, because we'll go through some of them. Um, not every position is blessed with overseas talent, but, there are probably two that stick out in Brandon Panger and Moster and Tolu Lasso, uh, both playing in France at the moment. So neither of them will be considered for the England squad um, that's coming up. But are either of them worth bringing back and persisting with, do you think? Personally, Tolu Lasso has had his last test for me. I, I just think it's not really worth the, the penalties that come with him and you know the, the off-field stuff. I, I just don't think he brings enough on the field to justify it. But... BPA would be very keen to see in Wallabies again if um, you know we can sort of link up something for 2023. Uh, if you asked me last year, I would have said last year is probably one of the first three to be picked for the Wallabies uh, mm. for an overseas player. I think he was he's getting worse for start of France. Unfortunately, he's, he's actually come off the bench a couple of times and hasn't been starting. Um, and he is he didn't have the best uh, performance when he came in played in November but as a rugby player he's phenomenal he's got mm. such good skill set and he could be great unfortunately it's it's uh, he's not the most consistent player and I think for the sake of developing our hookers because you look at the age of the majority of our hookers outside Parecki I guess Kaitu is 27 as well but there's a lot of young good hookers as well and mm. even Josh Nass has been set piece aside he's only moved into he was hooker into prop into hooker again, so you can sort of uh, give him a little bit of a bit of respite with the uh, with the throwing. And I mean, I, I was a hooker for probably five years, and I couldn't throw a ball straight. And I got shifted to not throwing. <laughs> they let the prop throw, so uh, I fully understand that it's not it's not as easy as others may think. Um, but yeah, I, I I don't think we bother with bringing either of them back. And mm. a big reason for BPA is it was even 50-50 whether he should start over Murphy at the Reds. Yeah. Um, so I don't think that he it's worthy of bringing a player back. If, if the rule is kept at three forever or well, for the immediate future, then I don't think he's worth it. What's interesting is we've had 20 tests under Rennie and uh, only three different hookers have started. Atolo Lado got one start at the end of the year. Uh, Falafo Angus started nine of them and Pangramos has started the other 10. 
So he's actually been the most utilized starting hooker under Rennie. But yeah, I, with him not coming back this year, it does seem interesting that sort of race to find a starting hooker because we don't really have any settled options and definitely no one in the same category as a Cody Taylor, Malcolm Marks, um, Julian Marchand, who's just been a freak for France. So kind of need to unearth someone pretty soon, but we'll jump to props. Um, props are pretty solid across the board. I, I think the fact that they've named five in this um, training squad and there's some that I'm sort of annoyed that have been left out. There's some nice depth there. Uh, the Brumbies obviously have James Slipper and Alan Alatoa. Scott Co sort of fallen off the radar. Do you see him, you know, making it back at all? Or do you just think he's a really safe option to have in case there's a lot of injuries? I think, uh, yeah, I think you probably do want him there or thereabouts. You, th- you think you probably take six, maybe seven. You probably take six and have, have one on the phone waiting for a World Cup. Uh, and I think he's either, he's probably that bloke on the phone if you need him. Um, so I'm, I'm pretty happy with, with what they've chosen. I, I was surprised it wasn't six six props in the squad, but I guess now in that Wallaby setup, they have seen bits of Robertson, they have seen bits of CO, they've seen plenty of CO. Yeah. Um, so I think they've seen enough of all the players that are, are doing good things. Obviously, Harry Johnson-Holmes plays loose and tight. Slipper has played a couple of games at tight now. Um, so And, and Alan Alatoa started as, as loose and has gone tight. So I think there's enough coverage across both sides. Yeah. Um, Tupo and Bell being the front runners at the moment and have looked very impressive. So the consensus on Twitter and I guess as a lot of squads would have is about six props getting selected um, in a 33-man squad. And that's what I've opted for with mine. Um, given Tupo, Alalatoa, Slipper and uh, Bell sort of select themselves, um, HHH was the other one included with Rennie. Who would your six uh, prop be if you had the choice? Would you be going Robertson, CO, Farmasuli? I think I think it's got to be between Robertson and CO. Um, I think it'll probably be it'll it'll depend on where people sign, and I don't know how long either of them have got left in in Australian rugby. I think they'll they'll want to stick with one, and and if say say if both of them sign overseas, and they'll they'll try for someone else. I might try Pone, but. Um, I think they'll just be looking to develop an extra player because, as we know, sometimes you got to call in Ollie Hoskins to get a Wallabies cap from playing London Irish. So mm. I, I, I'm indifferent at the moment. I think Tom Robertson is a good prop. Um, Sierra's got more experience. And Sierra, I actually thought, looked pretty good in the first couple of games for the Brumbies off the bench, but then yeah. returned to a little bit of a slump. Yeah, the other props that have been sort of included in squads, just to touch on them briefly, you mentioned Ollie Hoskins. Uh, pretty unlikely that he'll be back in there, but if he, you know, comes across to Australian rugby at any other point, it'd be nice, you know, to have him re-sign with the force um, once Greg Holmes retires. Uh, Greg Holmes is one of the ones that did get called in. He got one test under Rennie uh, last year as well. And we touched on Pony. He, he's just not been able to play this year, which which has, you know, hurt his chances. Cam Moore's had a a pretty good season. I think um, he was missed a bit last year and he's working himself into some nice form. An interesting one uh, caught up in the first squad was Jermaine Ainsley. Um, so no longer eligible given he's playing over in New Zealand and doesn't have the uh, the cap requirements. And I'd be interested to see his years in Oz rugby. He might just squeeze in, but um, some pretty solid options with prop. I don't think there's any real concerns there. Um, 
just out of curiosity with you know if we could only pick a fifth prop who do you think covers both sides better hjh or tom robertson i think hjh just because of his weight yeah I, I think tom robertson's too small to cover a tight head um especially against a, a good pack especially like england you think that's that's a great scrummaging pack so i think a bit more weight um especially if we're going with i mean rod is a big second rower yeah. But if it's if it's like a Swain who's not not quite as heavy, um, it makes a big difference. Yeah. Um, we'll, we'll squeeze into uh, locks just because I don't think there's any other overseas props uh, worth mentioning other than Hoskins. Um, going through those, the Brumbies. Kepu. <laughs> well, I mean, I guess he meets Kepu, the requirement. Kepu does meet requirements and could still be an option. I think um, I've been impressed with his work rate in. Is a more on Pacifica, um, you know, outings. He, he's been really reliable in defence, as you'd expect. Pretty good in set piece at times. Like uh, they haven't always had the rub on the other team, but he's forming a pretty good front row with Lindenmuth and um, uh, Samuel and Molly. But yeah, I, I don't think he'll be getting a recall just because of how strong the tight heads are at the moment. Um, but Brumbies are an interesting one, just because again they're taking up a lot of the lock positions. Um, so Nick Frost. Darcy Swain, Kate Neville, they've all been getting looked at, um, which is always interesting when one of them cannot start um, at any given week. We sort of mix that in with Luke Ansalakaloto has been given a bit of time um, in the Wallabies jerseys, but he hasn't been in for a little while. Uh, Ryan Smith's having a really good season uh, at the Waratahs. Jed Holloway's just come in all guns blazing, looking really good. Um, factor that in as well with uh, Matt Phillip at the Rebels, Isaac Rodder at the Force. We've actually got some pretty good locks across the teams. So I'm pretty happy with how they're developing. Is there someone that sticks out to you as like a real, I guess, bolter into this Wallaby side? Because the locks aren't settled just yet. I've been really happy with how the locks have been performing. And I said to you during the week, I was I was really happy. If you look at last year, a, a locking combo of of... Blythe and Smith up against Swain and Frost was like a not even close to the com- well Swain I guess towards the end of the year but start of the year not close to the conversation for Wallabies and everyone's begging to have Skelton Arnold Coleman and the likes back even Simmons mm. so um, I thought that was a really really good game between those four locks and um, Smith and Blythe aren't quite up to that level just yet but I think they were they were really good. You, you question whether the uh, like it seems strange that there's six locks instead of six props. Um, yeah. I think I think maybe the Nick Frost uh, inclusion here is partly to do with the potential backflip on his on him signing overseas, which sounds like there's there's whispers of. So hopefully he does stay in Australian rugby. Um, and yeah, I think I think Holloway has just been immense for yeah. the Tars. It's just that playmaking lock. Depends on the back row that you play with him. But if you've got, if say, the hypothetical Valentini and Wilson that just run the ball all day and you can have a linking lock that gets through the work as well in Holloway and can mm. run, I think that that sounds really exciting. Um, Rodder, Rodder walks into a jersey. Yeah. Phillips had good and bad games um, and Neville we haven't seen for a bit. So least enthused about Neville, but he's a great player. Um, Swain... I'd probably start next to, to Rodder at the moment with Philip on the bench. I was just about to ask what your four five nineteen would be, and that, that sounds pretty good. Um, Sarko Lotto not included in the most recent one, uh, partially because of injury. 
maybe partially because he's heading it overseas as well. Is he someone that you would be including in any of your uh, squads to play England just because he is that big body, can cover blindside and might, you know, I'm not saying he's a Courtney Laws or Maratoje type, but is big enough to sort of, I guess, fill that role of an abrasive six that could sort of uh, test with a line out and, you know, get in the face that way. I just don't think he play, he'll play back row again. Yeah. So I think the back row cover isn't that much of a benefit now. And I think what Australia has been missing for a while is the, is the pure, genuine lock. And you look everywhere else and that's what they've got. That's how, like, you, you look at South Africa, you look at New Zealand, they don't, aside from Scott, like, New Zealand mix up with Scott Barrett and lose to England. Not that that was the reason, but that's like, that's a rare thing for, to mix up your back row uh, and put a second row in there. England do it sometimes with the Toji and they might even do it with, with against Australia just to beat a bigger pack, but I'm, I'm sure Rennie will be happy to be the smaller pack and be the faster pack. Faster pack. So um, I think, no, I, I mean, I'm like, I think it's a big loss. Lucan going overseas. Uh, I think he, he's definitely a squad member. Yeah. Um, but it's also, I'm at the point now where I'm really excited by, by Swain in particular. He's been mm. really good in defence. Um, and then Rodder's, like Rodder starts over, over Lucan every day, and then it's. I think I think history had Philip starting over Lucan when it was between the two of them as well under Rennie, didn't it? Yeah, uh, at the moment I think Philip has started seventeen of the twenty tests available, so he's definitely looked at as one of the uh, preferred options. Um, Swain's mm. Swain's actually surprisingly second with ten, and then Rodder and um, Salakalota have both started nine each. So th- there's definitely that sort of pecking order there. And it does come into play later on because when we think about um, Rennie's not selecting Japanese, uh, sorry, he's only selecting Japanese players um, for this series. But if he was open to all Europe, surely Rory Arnold, you'd think, would come in. And then that really does make the need for Salako Lotto just even lower, um, just given how qualified Arnold is to sort of deputize um, running the line out and just provides enough experience and leadership that you don't really need that. Um, I guess that edge that Salako Lotto brings. So locks Yeah, up. I think I think what I think what Rennie will do is have work rate locks. Yeah. And I think it, you get that with with Rodder and Swain and, and Philip. Um I, I like as good as Holloway's been, I don't I don't think he'll play for the Wallabies this year, unfortunately, but I think he's he's definitely worthy of the squad call up because he's been immense. Yeah. I think locks I'm pretty happy with Holloway. It'd be a big call to throw him straight in, but I think he's actually been good enough that if he were, you know, the the fourth lock chosen in the squad, you, you couldn't complain because he's had a really good season. Um, going through the back row, this one was an interesting one because it sort of depends how many of each position you take. Um, oh, I think there's probably a few options sticking the hand up at each team um, and maybe one overseas as well. But realistically, if we're looking at, Sevens. It's only Hooper and McWright, surely. You like, yeah, that they're the front runners at the moment. Um, Wilkin was immense against Fiji. Yep, uh, he had probably a similar spec performance to to McWright on the weekend as he at Fiji the week before. So, um, I think there's been a couple of really good performances. Um, I I think 
right has fallen down the pecking order a little bit just yeah. based on not playing as much and and the rest of their back row performing really well. It's getting harder and harder for him to stand out. Um, and, I mean, McMahon's always an option at seven, but I, I'm off the idea of Samu being a hybrid seven now. I think I think it's nice having a lot of genuine seven options as backup. And, yeah, yeah I don't think Gamble and Tizano, as good as they have been for the Tars, I don't think they're in the conversation. Right. And you get to take sort of six options in a back row, hypothetically. Um, I presume Valentini, Wilson and Samu sort of squeeze into the top six, but who's your sixth option? We've sort of got Swinton at the Tars, Leota at the Rebels, Fergus Lee Warner at the Force, um, you know, for the next little while. Um, who would be the, the sixth back row you bring into this side? Well, it depends on if, uh, well, I, first of all, I'd love to see Leota play this year yeah. because he was actually better than expected for for the Wallabies. Um, and he was decent last year, but like who knows, the Rebels might put him like that the back row combo that they played with against Fiji with Wilkin Hardwick Wells actually worked really well. Tommy Iwani's been playing well. Mm. Um, so maybe the Yoda goes back into the second row because they've had Josh Cannon playing there. So I, I I really wouldn't be surprised if he goes back into the second row and then does that ruin his chances a little bit of playing six for Australia? Probably. Yeah. Um Swinton hasn't played much and wasn't great when he did. Um, so I think he's probably fallen down the pecking order a bit, but he's almost that guy that you just want on tour for when you do want someone to, to just bash a few people and, and get in their faces. But um, Pete's arm has been underwhelming for mine. So I think I think there's a lot of open positions in that back row. I think Wilson, Valentini, Hooper are locks. Yep. I think Mick Wright's probably fourth in line at the moment, especially after his game on the weekend. Um, but that could go out the window if Rennie wants to pick Samu as hybrid 6-7-8 or McMahon as hybrid 6-7-8. So yeah. I think McWright's either in as a second seven or he's, he's not in at all. And some of the options that are overseas that got looked at, we've mentioned Sean McMahon, um, Issy Nasarani went overseas, Colby Feinger got caught up to the squad when there were injuries. So there are a few other options, but two that are local that I think are worth a mention, Will Harris and Saru Uru. So they've both played um, eight and six respectively this year. And I think really carved up in the opportunities they've had. Um, do you see either of them getting a call up? Is that too much of a stretch to thrust them into this? So, sort of, you know, a, a test cauldron where we haven't had any success against England recently. Could you see either of them, making the step up this year or, you know, maybe just a year too early for Harris and um, potentially just not uh, set enough in one position to be considered? I think a year too early for Harris and for Uru. Yeah. Um, I think positionally Uru is a six. I think he's been really good there because he has that line out, great line out option, does get into the ruck and his high work rate. So yeah. I think he's, He's a great six option. Um, I just don't think that that Harris, as good as he's been, I think he's he's still not a massive bloke just yet. His work rate's super high. If he can put on some some weight and maintain that work rate, that he's going to be immense. Um, yeah. If if you're talking about last year, Wilson being a year behind Valentini and the likes, and going back to to super rugby to train instead of touring, I think Harris is probably that this year. Yeah. 
Yeah, I, I think that's pretty fair. I, I've really liked what I've seen, but at the same time, it is sort of that position of like, hey, well, who do you get rid of to you know make room for him? And at the moment, it's probably not just enough to to force anyone out. Are the other options that? How about Rooney... Raboni? Yeah, I'd need to see more from him. Um, Geez, he was good on the weekend off the bench. Yeah, he had good impact. But again, very different doing that against Drua. Um, you know, when you're, you know, sort of fresh cap off the rank and needing to prove a spot on the team, as opposed to if he's starting week in, week out and delivering, you know, against the Brumbies or Reds. Um, three other players that have been called into squads that we haven't mentioned just yet. Um, Josh Kemeny obviously hasn't played this year, so he's, you know, hard to make a decision on. But based on last year's form, isn't isn't really forcing his way in. Michael Wells has taken over captaincy at the Rebels. Um, I think has gone missing. Um, he's been really low contributions, I think, running the ball, tackling. He's had a little bit of link play, but I, I just don't think he's done enough to warrant selection. And Tim Anstey, he's someone that put on a bit of size and actually has looked pretty promising. But again, is that sort of position of, I don't see him doing enough to take anyone out of the squad that's been selected at the moment. So... I guess he's someone that I'd be keen to keep watching, but he's got really, really explosive footwork. I don't know if you've seen much of him playing, but he's someone that I think could be quite exciting. His first round was very, very good against the Brumbies. Yeah. Um, I've, I've been impressed with him in bits. What I'd be looking for is some Australian lineage from Pittigas Solkula. <laughs> I think he could be on the cards. Yeah. I mean... Um... Does it have to be by blood? Like, can you can you adopt him? Can you you know just get a green card? Sure, marriage? marriage is an option. Yeah, green card. Yeah, yeah surely there's a way because yeah, All Blacks haven't snapped him up yet. Fiji haven't snapped him up yet. But obviously, it would be very nice having his services available. Um, I don't suppose you saw his uh, Swish video on Instagram, did you? I did. Yeah, nice. Yeah, he's looking good. <laughs> looking I heard Aussie accent in that. <laughs> yeah, he started with g'day. I did notice that. No kiora. Um, we'll, we'll jump to scrum halves um, go through the backs Brumbies again multiple in the same position Nick White Ryan Lonigan, both contenders I think to me this is still pretty clear cut Nick White's the most experienced and well rounded so he's the first uh, chosen Tate McDermott um, next best Jake Gordon uh, sort of just behind I just don't think quite as especially in what we've seen in test matches just hasn't looked quite as clinical um, and then Ryan Lonigan impressive in parts but not the finished package yet is there any other scrum half that's sort of knocking on the doors it has been impressing you i like i think isaac finesley lawasa has been good yeah. um he's not he's not a well it depends on i think lonigan's a safe option and he's been been pretty stable and i i think i've i've liked i like him as a player yeah um geez they're two good options in nick white and mcdermott though i'm really liking yeah. them uh, Nick White's wide pass is the biggest difference. And if, if Quaid is the 10 and you've got two long passes that are crisp and big ball runners outside them, that is going to yeah. make the, a world of difference playing wide. So especially with a fitter pack. And I think, I think that is what the play will be. It's get out of the England, South Africa, uh, and even Kiwi type five heavy pack heavy foot traffic running straight into them and check a ball playing out the back and with wide passes to our more versatile back, uh, back row and, and locking options. I think, I think that'll be the play. And I think um, it'll be really interesting to see how the, how the 
uh, fly halves partner with the halfbacks because there's, there's two good combinations and unfortunately the the Brumbies red cross just doesn't work that well just yet. Mm. Well, that brings us into the fly halves nicely because as we've been sort of talking about the 20 tests Rennie's had and who has used, interestingly, um, no Lolasios had the most starts at seven. Uh, James O'Connor next with six, Quade Cooper with five. Now, I know you're not really a massive James O'Connor fan as a 10. He just hasn't really, you know, lit it up on the test level just yet. Clearly, this year he's had an awesome Super Rugby so far. The, what he did to the Western Force um, was embarrassing, you know, how good that was. Is he doing enough to sort of force his way into your preferred 10 option, or do you still think it looks like they're bringing Quade Cooper back to throw him straight into 10? I, I don't dislike O'Connor as a 10. I... I think the last two games, he's been great. Maybe last three, he's been good. Um, I just don't... I think the typical... And it, it's pretty hard being in a group chat with just Reds fans. And <laughs> we had the un, un, unbiased chat where he was the worst 10 probably on the on the spring tour last year. Yeah. And it's not a great hope going into a World Cup with, an, with a 10 that's A, aging and... B was outperformed by teams that we that tens that were much less experienced. Yeah, um, he's been really really impressive in the last few games. So I, I'm really liking the turnaround in his skill. I thought he did start Super Rugby a little bit slower as well this year, um, but it looks like along with the rest of the Reds, he's building really well, and I've really liked the look of him. So yeah, he definitely is yeah. starting for me at the moment. The tough thing is I don't think the combination with Nick White, who I think should start, is that great. I think he's got a really good combination with Tate. Um, mm. I think Nick has a really good combination with Lolasio. So I'm really interested to see how that plays out. Um, Quaid can play with with either of them. So yeah. uh, again, you never know how you never know where Quaid's gonna be. Like you sometimes short memories with that stuff. Like before Quaid came, everyone goes, he's not gonna be that good. Why are we bringing him? Then he was a freak. Yeah. And then now he's gone, you go, Well, why are we gonna bring him back? We've got two good tens, he'll be average but he'll yeah. probably be great when he comes back. So, I think worth noting as well, I don't think O'Connor's had the chance to play with Karevi outside him. So not only does the halfback obviously make a massive um, you know, difference as to how the fly half performs, but you've also got to be able to someone to distribute to. And I think Hunter Paisami's done a great job when he's been in there. Uh, Tamua's had moments of sort of at least safety um, without lighting it up. But it's a massive difference when you got Simon Karevi, who's a very genuine contender for uh, World 15-12. Uh, um, going into the centres, Simon Karevi, whenever available, just have him in the squad. Like, he's just an absolute superhuman player. Um, with the news that Erase him on is leaving the Brumbies, I'd be very keen to see him head uh, to the capital and just see how he goes down there, just forming a yeah, form a partnership with Ikatao. That'd be awesome. Do you want him at the Tars? <laughs> oh, I just can't see him moving to Canberra. Yeah, <laughs> it is. Yeah, <laughs> I think I think that's the that's the biggest draw card for him. I think he's um he wants to. The lifestyle. I can't imagine him. Yeah, the lifestyle of, of Brisbane or Sydney, I think, might suit him a bit more. Um, but who knows? So I'd I'd love. I mean, for me, Karevi and Iggy Tars the starting team. Um, and then Paisami um, with the 12 13 cover on the bench. You can't see him going down to Little Collins Street in Melbourne, ordering a piccolo with a beanie on. 
<laughs> I think he, I think he could, I think he could change that team up big time. Yeah. Um, mind you, Renu being good. Yeah. But no, I think I, I don't know if Australian rugby can afford him. Yeah. Is the reality. So he's he's that good. He's a freak. He changes, especially in a comp like the Japanese comp. He changes the team completely. Yeah. So. No, I um, I agree. I mean, with that. I'd love to get him back, but it'll be tough. Now, the center options are interesting because we've got a few. I, I mean, I guess Ekatel is really the only set. Um, I guess outside center, the others can play a bit of twelve or thirteen. Uh, Parisi even an option on the wing. Um, so it is interesting to try and work out who would fit on the bench out of that sort of combination. But across everyone that's voted for the centers, I think n- nearly everyone has done Karevi, Ikatao, Parisi, Paisami. Um, just for from your perspective, how far off do you see Lalakai Fakedi and um, Aray Samoni? Are they miles away from that group or that they could force their way in? Samoni is a while off, but uh, Fakedi's close. Um, one of them I would suggest, and I really hope it doesn't happen, but Fakedi, oh, sorry, Parisi and Paisami tend to be quite injury prone. As, yeah. as has Karevi in the past. So I'll be, it'd be great if we get all four, but I think Fakedi's a, a great 12-13 cover. Um, and he's been, he's been really good. It'll be really interesting to see uh, how Parisi and Paisami fight out for, for their positions. Um, if Karevi is available, you think, you'd think he walks in and Ikitao has been the best 13 and he's been so impressive in defence. Plus, he just does his job in attack and makes it look very easy. But he's just so smart the way he plays. So I've really, really liked the look of him. Um, Parisi's X factor more so than like if you if you want someone to come over and beat a few tackles, um, you probably want him on the bench over Paisami. But then Paisami's a great twelve thirteen cover. He's been yeah. very cute in his uh, in his playmaking, which has been he's obviously a lot better playmaker. Um, and then his hits have been enormous. So both are, both are a bit of a great day. They're one of the best, um, but can also come on and probably give away a couple of penalties and screw you up a little bit. So it's very interesting. It, it is worth noting that I think Hunter Pasami has been a real catalyst, and we'll talk about a centre partner in a minute too, but uh, the Reds have the least points conceded on average across the whole competition. Like They're just a really strong defensive team this year. And I think if you take away the performance against the Drua where, um, you know, James O'Connor went off and they just sort of scored three quick tries and a flurry, the Reds have been really good at just holding teams out. Um, even good teams, even teams that have wanted to try and attack and have had, you know, 70-plus percent of the ball, they've really limited what they could do with it. So that's quite nice to see. Um, the players we haven't spoken about, um, Kurandrani and Pauiawa, they were included in squads but haven't been used. Um, Matt Tamua has been uh, given five test starts before and has played two off the bench under Rennie, but I, just based off his form at the moment, I can't see him getting back in the squad. Um, it'd really only be if we got quite desperate with injuries, probably in fly half position, that you want someone that's at least been um, around the blocks enough. But even then, it's you know quite a stretch. But Hamish Stewart, he's been really solid for the Reds. He's sort of kept Paisami out of that 12 jersey. He's been really good at just um, directing traffic around He's had a few nice runs, 
He's tried to take the ball on himself quite a lot and is always just defensively sound. Is he just someone that isn't cut out for test rugby or could you see a, a world in which he does get a chance? Uh, I could see a world where he gets a chance, but I just don't think with the cattle that we, Australian rugby has in centres at the moment and the youth of that cattle, I just, I think he's he's the Pat McCabe, Anthony Flanger, Ryan Crotty type centre. Now they're all very differing levels of skill, those three, but um, <laughs> I was going to say yeah. he's that type. <laughs> he's not Ryan Crotty spec, but he's that Pat McCabe, Ant Flanger, like that that type of centre. That's high work rate, good at footy, good at cleaning out. They're all sort of, I think, I think the three of them all played open side flanker. So they they play like yeah. a rough monkey. They're playing tight. And they they just love, seem like they love it. Um, so I just don't know if you add enough value and I don't know how his crash ball goes when it's into the Allende or when it's into big back rowers and stuff like that rather than running into super rugby AU players. Um, yeah. So... I can't see him getting much better if he steps up to the professional stage. I think he's doing a great job for the Reds, but I don't know if maybe he's at his ceiling. I, he just doesn't seem to have as, as high a ceiling as the other centers that we've got available at the moment. Yeah. Um, the last center I'll mention, Kyle Godwin, um, been primarily used at outside center, but he, he could obviously cover 12 as well. Uh, previously, he's been used to cover 10. I think he's someone that I was excited by, and I think he's done a fair bit in attack, but just what he's done defensively this year leaves a lot to be desired, um, especially because we haven't even come up against the New Zealand sides yet. Is he someone that just really isn't in the frame yet? Is probably sort of just below um, Simone in your rankings? Well, as a 12, I rate him. I just don't, I just don't think he's ever been a 13 and he's been exposed in defence at 13. Yeah. But he had a great start season when he was still playing 12. I think he played the first two games at 12, maybe. Yep. Um, but yeah, he was he was doing a great he started really well. Um, so I'm not too sure what's happening now. He's he's obviously not a, not defending well at 13, but also O'Connor just probably had most people on skates the way he was playing that game against the force. So yeah. Um I think yeah, I think he's he's still a good player. I'm really happy he's back from Australian rugby because I think he offers a lot. So I think the yeah the value he brings to the force hasn't quite been realized this season because I think he's a really good player, but just it hasn't quite had it all clicked just yet. Um, but yeah, the, the centers seem like they're pretty consensus picks. It's nice that there's a bit of discussion at least around the fringes, but it's nice having that many sort of options that are exciting the fans. Uh, to go to the outside backs, we'll just like with the wings, Corin Betty's probably first name um, that you want on a wing. He's probably second name called back from Japan because he's just an absolute freak. Um, I haven't really seen much of Andrew Calloway this year. He's obviously started injured, and then when he's come back, hasn't had a heap in uh, involvement. Uh, Tom Wright's had some good games for the Brumbies. Uh, Jordi Pattaya has been shifted to fullback. Felipe Dunkunu has not even been playing for the Reds. He's got, you know, I think three starts maybe out of the seven, but was uh, dropped for Josh Fluke. Are you seeing enough out of the wings in Australia at the moment? I... I like the look of Pattaya as a right winger. Yeah. So I think he, I think Banks has been very good. Uh, well, I think he's been, I think he's been quite good 
in Super Rugby this year. Obviously, he's, he's done his cheek now. Um, and I, I'd, I'd like the idea of a smart playmaker um, playing with Banks, who's a bigger body and has wheels and is a good ball runner, yeah. uh, can kick. And then having Pattaya as a big option, especially if Corabetti is going to be on the le- on the left wing. Um, so in terms of wings, yeah, I, I like that Pattaya is there. I think Tom Wright's been good. I think Muir has had a couple of really good games, but yep. again, it's just hard to sort of see him as a as a great Wallaby. Um, but I think you almost just pick Callaway based on his performance last year. He's, I think he's sort of got to go well if you can do that in, in a couple of really tough games when he's. Got what World Rugby Rookie of the Year? Oh no, Jordan did. He got nominated. Yeah, nominated. Um, yeah, yeah. I think he's so, definitely worth considering. Yeah. Um, I'd still be including him probably as the starting right wing, just because I think he's probably got that consistency at Test level over Pattaya. But once Pattaya has everything click, it's going to be really exciting to see what he can do. Um, the other options you mentioned, um, Andy Muirhead before, uh, Suliasi Vunavalu's that have been included in the squad despite not playing. Again, this just seems like they're directed from above. I just need to see him play because I, I believe he's got the talent, but we just haven't seen it. Uh, James Ram had been included previously, but obviously hasn't been uh, available for the Tars this year. But one other wing option that's got called in is Tony Pulu. Now, he's someone that has played under Rennie at the Chiefs all those years ago. He's someone that, you know, when he first came to Australia, he was eligible straight away. He was one of the fastest in Super Rugby when he, I guess, sort of got um, found. But we just haven't seen him stay consistently healthy, which is a problem for a few players on this list. Is he someone that, you know, you, you could see donning the Wallabies goal? Not just yet. He's... um. He doesn't have much got, more time. He's, he's, he's 31 or two. Yeah, he's... I don't think he's there just yet. I think he's 33. Is he even um, that old? Jeez. Yeah, I think so. Um. I, I just don't think that if... Like, I mean, anything can happen with, with Wallabies wingers, as we know. Um, a lot of injuries at once. But I think I think if you want like a, a bolter, you'd rush Munavalu in. Yeah. Or you'd go... Dalgoon is almost a bolter now that he's not even starting for the Reds. Obviously, he's played a fair bit of Wallabies before. But uh, I think you'd start him above above um, Tony Pulu. Yeah. Um, there's a... There's a fair few exciting options, though. Like, it's been an unfortunate year for, for Ram to go missing. Yeah. Because he had a really great 2020, decent 2021 before injury, and then he's been injured all this year, obviously. Um, Dylan Peach been a decent player. Definitely not this spec yet, but yeah, I like I like the... Um, I don't know if I'm biased because I heard that he runs 10... 10 point something meet 100 and bench press 150 so then that probably inflated my opinion of him um but he's been he's been quite decent mark too inconsistent um fluke decent not not overly exciting yeah uh might might end up a rob horn type winger but um yeah i think there's there's enough depth here and yeah tom wright's tom wright Kellaway, banks uh and pataya I think is is four decent options, but it'll be interesting to see who wears the twenty three jersey. Um, if it's a if it's a fullback, if it's a winger, if it's a center, not well, too just, sure. Just going through those fullbacks. So we've we talked about Tom Banks a bit. Um, we've talked about Pattaya. Like we've spoken about him as a right wing, but obviously he's been playing a bit of fullback now, and 
you know, might eventually get considered if he racks up enough more minutes there. Jock Campbell, he's someone that's been called into the squad. He's someone that I think has been really good. At Wallaby's level, I could not see him play wing, but I think he could be a pretty good fullback despite him playing a bit of wing um, for the Reds. And then really the other options are Kurtley Beal, who's overseas and coming back to the Tars next year. So I think he could yeah, eventually be eligible for that. And Reese Hodge, who's had a really terrible um, start to the year for the Rebels. Out of those options, who, who are you wanting to see rush back in? Obviously, Beal's got a bit of a soft spot in your heart, given his um, you know, sky blue allegiance. But is Hodge in considerations now? Are you giving any merit to Jock Campbell, who's had a really good year? Uh, I think it, it's one of those weird ones where because of the Falau dominance and, and Beal, you might not say dominance as much, but because of how long he's been around and how, how good he was in bits for the Wallabies, players like Banks and Hodge haven't actually had that much of a crack. So you don't know, you don't know how good they can be. Um, and then you go to the Jock Campbells and you go, well, we're not going to experiment with him just yet if we're still sort of just getting to know Banks and Hodges fullbacks. And then Pattaya is obviously playing fullback as well. So I, I don't say I'm a, I'm probably a no to Campbell at the moment, but he's a great player. Yeah. But I just don't think two years out from a World Cup, you go, let's start again after we've sort of tried a lot of different variations in the last couple of years. So Banks has been the best fullback in Super Rugby. There's no... Yeah. No question about that from an Aussie's perspective. So, um, Pattaya with some great bits, Campbell with some great bits. Yeah, uh, it, it. I think there's there's good enough depth. And again, Kellaway, he could play fullback. Who who ended up playing? Um, who ended up playing fullback on the weekend for the Brumbies when Mog went off? Did Tom Wright go to fullback? Yeah, that's a good question. I didn't actually keep much of a track of that because who do they have come off the bench? Cam Clark went on, Cam Clark went to the win and he scored that try. I guess it must have been right. So I think Tom Wright must have gone back to fullback. So yeah, I should go back and I watch. I, I didn't see. Yeah, um, it was just um, it was hard to keep an eye on that because they were just so completely outclassed by a much better team. Um, I just couldn't get a bit of a gauge on it. Um, how about Mog starts of the game though? Yeah, I know. <laughs> that, that massive, like, geez, he started well. Yeah. I, I think the thing that always amazed me with the uh, Brumbies is they've got the capacity for the best tactical kicking game in the comp. I just don't think they use it that well because Nick White Ryan Lonergan, you've got an awesome kicking nine. Lolosio is a, you know, a standard kicking 10, but, you know, a good kick. Erasa Money is probably the best kicking 12 in the comp, would you say? Yeah. Lenny Cattell, massive left boot. Mog or Banks, either of them have a big boot. Tom Wright, he can kick pretty handily. Like, you know, he's no yep. slouch. I just, Mog's left boot. I just don't think they use their kicking game well enough because they really, like, given their rolling mall, they really could just be aiming for 50-20s, just trying to play that field position game. And even if they're not getting their own throw, just disrupting the lineouts of the opposition, given they do have Darcy Swain at their disposal, given they do have Caden Neville, Nick Frost, they've got these big bodies that can sort of get in the way. It's kind of amazing that they're not being more dominant with that. I think when everything clicks for them, they'll be, um, you know, really quite capable of competing with the New Zealand teams. Um, Look, we've gone through all the positions. Um, I'm pretty happy with that. I think on the list of 83 players that Rennie's included in the squad, so we've spoken about 80 of them, I think. 
Um, so that's pretty good. Uh, a few players like Jack Maddox, who went overseas, and Dane Haylett-Petty, who's retired, we didn't give much of a shout-out to. But I think the, the one thing I want to finish on was just a, a bit of a hypothetical. If Quade Cooper's unavailable, if James O'Connor's unavailable, Noel Lolasio is unavailable, Matt Tamua is unavailable, Reese Hodges is unavailable, all these options that have played 10 for us, um, you know, in the last few years, who would you be putting into 10 out of Ben Donaldson and Will Harrison? And if it's anyone else that's uncapped, feel free to throw them in, but I'm going to presume it's one of the Tars because they're probably the two best in my eyes. Who would you rather start a test for you out of Ben Donaldson and Will Harrison at 10? Uh, first of all, I'm surprised you didn't throw in your favourite player, Jake McIntyre. But I'll, was go, like, hard to cross I'll go... <laughs> I'll go Ben Donaldson. He's just... Wow. He, um, I think they're both great players. I think Donaldson underplays his hand a little bit less. Uh, underplays his hand more. So he, um, he is probably distributes a bit more. Um, Harrison... Doesn't mind tucking it in. He's he's a bit faster, so he can get away with it a little bit more. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think I think it's been brought up before. Uh, Donaldson plays with a bit of bit of time, which I think is good. If you've, if you're uh, he's probably a bit more of a a Sexton ten versus Will Harrison, a bit more of a Marcus Smith type ten. Um, but I think I think they're both great. It's, ultimately, it's just a that was just a 50-50 guess. But uh, if you if you've got Karevi running outside you and you'd rather Harris, you'd rather Donaldson be a bit flatter dishing. Mm. Um, I think I think that's your pick. I think Harrison plays with a lot of speed. Um, so you need a fast team to play with that. And Tars are luckily they're a fast team, but uh Test Footy's not that fast and packs are bigger and don't get around the corner as quickly. So I think Donaldson's a bit calmer. Nice. Look, I, I've um How about I've, yourself? I, I would uh I'd throw Will Harrison in, strangely. I, I like Ben Donaldson, but I just think Will Harrison is he just looks composed in everything he does. The the bits I've seen him with his little um, you know, try in the corner against the force. I think he's just got a really nice slick pass. Um, his kicking does seem a little bit more accurate. There's something about him that I've always quite liked. And at the start of the season, I wasn't a massive Ben Donaldson believer, but he, he's turned me around. It's like it's definitely a close decision between the two. Um but yeah, maybe Donaldson wins it out just because he's been playing 10 this year. You know, Harrison has had a little while since he stepped into that 10 jersey. Um, this is nice. I, I haven't been able to do the recorded version of these discussions. Obviously, the group chats are still pretty alive and well with um, you know, chit-chat and banter about how some of the teams are shaping and um, just how the Waratahs compare to some of the other teams. But it's good to get some of these thoughts out there because... You know, the first squad that Rennie selects won't be too far away. We've obviously seen the videos and photos coming out from um, the sponsor day where they're, you know, getting to try all the eToro and Cadbury and sort of ASICs gear that they get um, provided to them. So, yeah, it, it's very close. I guess the final thing, with three games against England, we haven't won any of the last eight. How confident are you coming into this series? I am confident enough. <laughs> right, that's it. <laughs> I think yeah. I think it'll be good. Yeah, sorry, sorry for us. <laughs> yeah. I think I'm. I think they'll be great games. Yeah, uh, ultimately, I think it's two very different teams, and I like that England are almost a bit unpredictable now. Mm. The team's very different. Like I don't think 
I think the Wallabies actual firing, yeah. There's, there's obviously been some similarities to the team we versed last year, but the team they've been playing with the Six Nations is is a vastly different team to the team that we've lost to most of the times. Yeah. Um, obviously big every time Eddie comes down under. I'm I'm keen for the headlines that come out of it because it'll be great. Uh, but it's an exciting time for both teams, and I love our how some of our players are developing. Uh, like McDermott's a lot better than he was last year. Valentini's a lot better than he was last year. Wilson's better than he was last year. So there's a lot of a lot of Ikitao's better. Like there's a yeah. lot of big improvements across players. Uh, Banks looks better already. I'm keen to see how it's it's reflected in the test arena. Uh, and very happy that Perth and Suncorp are played before Sydney. So I can go and watch the tar- the Wallabies lose at Sydney, but we've already won the three-match series. Because we've played did- at the SCG and we don't lose at Suncorp and Perth. I did think that Sydney was in the middle, but maybe I'm wrong on that. Um, I do like one of the stats, though, that uh, Rennie has won eight games with the Wallabies and seven of them have been in Queensland. So I think, you know, if, if we can't beat England in Suncorp, we're just, you know, we're going to struggle anywhere. But, um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see that series. It's, it's two very different teams, but two teams. I'm very excited to see clash. Well, thanks for joining and me. And remember the, uh, the, great, the great rigging in 2016 of, uh, of when England oh. came down under and well, I can't remember what happened, but I remember it being the, the biggest rigging in history that we lost that game at Suncorp. Yeah, that that was one of those annoying ones. I, I remember watching it was the same night as Old Boys Day. Um, I think it was my five year reunion from school, and we we were at um was it the Waterloo Bay Hotel watching that, and we raced to a lead. So I'm like, oh, sweet, this is all right. We started strong. I'll just go get a drink. Came back to see the last sort of ten minutes. We're down by. I think we ended up losing by 11. And I was like, Gee, all right, that's all right. We'll bounce back to more games. And just never happened. So, yeah. No, time to, the one time, that got away. Time to right some wrongs. Maybe I should go to the Waterloo to try and uh, relive that. Not good memories, eh? <laughs> Create some new ones. All right. Um, thanks for joining me with this. Um, really appreciate going through all the teams and all, all the different positions. Because I think while we're not settled on some, there's definitely a lot to be excited about. And I think this season... Um, the Super Rugby Pacific's dished up quite a lot of stuff to be, you know, re- really engaging for fans that might have lost a little bit of faith after some of the matches last year against New Zealand. Oh, we've got a chance to try and turn that around in a few weeks. So keen to see how we go there. Thanks for having me. It's been great.